0: Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents The Man of the Hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. Welcome, my dear friends, to Navigate with I.D. Such a pleasure to be here, friends. Last week, we had a great time talking about a legacy-driven life. And as you all know, it's been a part of the journey for me to be able to share my learnings and also to live by my own example, to share with you either literally or collectively as we journey on this space called life. Friends, it's important that we build on what we had talked about, remember, I talked about Ikigai. I talked about that Japanese concept and I would like to break it down in a way and manner that I hope will make some sense. And it starts from looking at it in the context of what I said, that a legacy driven life starts with you. Then it goes to family, career, and then the future. Speaking also about the community. And so I wanna go through the pathway where we will be looking at a self-managed development. A self-managed development. I know you'll be wondering, so what does this mean? It's about you looking at yourself within the context of where you are. So assuming you are in a career, you are a certain individual in an organization. You need to ask yourself, What type of role do you want to play or what role are you in? So, for example, are you a specialist or a generalist or a networker or an independent? Now, without you taking up the gauntlet to self-manage your development, you can just as well not make hay when the sun is shining. But the challenge is typically fitting all the pieces together. So what do I mean by the word a specialist? A specialist speaks to everyone that is in something. For instance, in accounts or IT or in marketing or in human resources, you find that these people are specialists. Everyone must be a specialist in something. So what do you specialize in? Remember when we looked at the the four concentric circles, I did say that what are you good at is your profession. What you're good at is your profession. What you get paid for is your vocation. So when you look at it from that context, you then realize that it is important that you aspire to be a specialist. Closely followed to that is the word generalist. Increasingly, people must have sufficient general business knowledge to be able to work in multifunctional teams and to hold their own in discussions on many business issues. So, if you want to look through your career and you want to leave a legacy, you must balance very well between being a specialist or a generalist. And that's what allows you to grow into multi-facets within any organization you find yourself. But then there's a third role called the networker. That networker means the ability to work in teams and to communicate effectively outside your own particular work group or area, or you may even call your department or unit. It is becoming very vital that you become a networker. And finally, the independent. The independent is a successful person in the organizational life today, is someone who will always take responsibility for him or herself in all aspects of organizational life. So when you look at a legacy-driven life and why it is important for you to self-manage your development, you must look at yourself, especially for those that are in a career, You must see yourself as the individual in the organization and how effective you are. Because the level of your effectiveness will also come through when you leave the organization and many years after, people still talk about you. Then it means you left a good legacy. You left a good legacy. You may have been a specialist. You may have been a generalist. You may have been someone that was very good at connecting people, a networker, or you may have just been a good independent, someone successful in the organization. You may want to ask me, why should I do it? Why? There are many reasons, friends, for people to take responsibility for their own development. One of the key items that I always emphasize is the fact that I took my own self-development very seriously. I started by buying books. I started by reading books early days. As a student at the University of Cross River State, when my parents sent me feeding money, pocket money, I take a certain percentage of it and I hit the stands and I go to buy books on economics. I had very healthy books on econometrics, microeconomics, and macroeconomics, and then economic development. These were very key courses for me as I went through the entire program to gather my BSc degree in economics. And God granted me grace. I came out in flying colors. As like I always say to you friends, if you don't invest, you can't divest. But that same zeal had taken over my whole being to the extent that when I started working as, A corporate executive, it was not difficult for me to set aside 10% of my gross income to develop myself. And what that meant, in essence, was if I earned 100,000 in a year, 10,000 Naira of that would go as my tithe, and I'll have a further 10,000 I'll put aside to help in my own self-development. What did I know as a junior executive? All I did was to buy books, all I did with my colleagues then was to attend certain courses. But most of the courses at that level were paid for by the company. I remember the days we used to attend marketing courses at the USC Training Center, there in Alexander, in Ikoyi. There we networked. We met other colleagues from companies. I'm speaking authoritatively because I'm a business and leadership coach. When it comes to training, you find a lot of companies mouth it but they don't put their money where their mouth is. You you need to see where they are pricing training sessions or executive coaching sessions as if they are pricing meat in the market. And you look at it, the same people are willing to pay top-notch, buy a Range Rover for someone to come into the organization. But when it comes to sitting down and they want you to serve as an executive coach to that director, they will tell you that, oh, you know, that's a lot of money. And you look at them, but sometimes they also want to go abroad to INSEAD. They want to go to Harvard. They want to send them abroad so they can tell the world we train our executives at Harvard. But one thing they fail to know is that when you finish your Harvard economics, when you come into Nigeria to run a business in Nigeria, you find that your Harvard economics will not work in Nigeria. You need local sense. And that's where some of us have grown with the international sense and made it a local sense. And we can tell you, by the grace of God, how we have succeeded in making our careers worth the while because it also took me a while to be able to traverse the entire countries of of the world working for great companies like Coca-Cola, for Guinness, for L'Oreal, for Samsung. Having done all of that, I can tell you that bringing that experience back into my continent, Africa, and making it so easy for me to walk across 39 countries or to manage 39 countries in Africa, tells you a lot. That is a lot of experience you can't take away from me. But God has been so faithful that I can share same with you. And so I'm telling you that you must embark on a self-managed development to improve your career management. Because at best, when you go in your organization, they keep talking about succession planning, career planning. I keep telling organizations when they invite me, they don't like to hear the truth, but I tell them anyway. I said, all of you are into paper management of careers. It's called succession planning. They put you on a piece of paper. You are just a the dot. They'll say you attend X number of training in a year. And when they finish, the ticket it off is like jam question, A, B, C, or D. They pick one for you. If you are lucky that they even went to appraisal sessions with your manager, they can tell you, oh, this is a development area or development need that ID has. Many times someone just looks at you and says, send him for that training, I beg. Let him just go away for a week. That is not right. But I always challenge them to move away from succession planning to succession management. So I'm switching over to you now, my friend, as you listen to me, that if you want to have a legacy-driven life, you must embark on what I call a self-managed development. The second reason why you should do it is to improve your current ability. Have you seen that what you knew yesterday fitted by today? Because if you are in a certain industry where change happens all the time, like technology, you may have known something so well. You may have been an expert yesterday, but today the vicissitudes of the environment have changed. But if you are in a principled yet, cogent sphere, then you can always rehash or rejuvenate whatever you've learned. It's called enhancing your ability. So when you go through self-development, you are able to improve your current ability. The third thing you do by self-managed development is to develop knowledge or skill. There's nothing like adding a new feather to your cap. That's what the skill development does for you. And finally, the reason why you should have self-managed development is because you want to take control. Listen, friends, you must take control of your destiny. If you see yourself making it to the top echelon of your industry, why give it out to someone to manage it for you? Why not take control of your destiny? All I'm asking you to remember that ultimately you are responsible for your own development don't hang it upon your boss don't hang it upon your wife don't hang it upon your husband don't hang it upon the university that is the university that i went to that should be helping me they should help me connect me with other alumni no they've done what they should do take responsibility and move with the tide and so what does it mean It means that you have to do things differently. It means that there is a process for you to look through how you want to self-manage your development and to make sure that it's integrated in a way that allows you to win in every facet. It means that you must take on a model that works for you. It always starts with your own self-analysis. Do you know where you are at? Do you know where you are going? So in your self-analysis, you'll be looking at some reflections. In your self-analysis, just the same way you have business objectives, you must be looking at yourself to say, what were my objectives concerning the last five years or the next five years? Where am I in this journey? Then when you start taking reflections, then it means that you are understanding that it's important for you to learn. And then when you begin to plan your actions, it is very clear that you need support in several areas. But it's important that you also note that there are external factors that help you. There are external factors that come in that model of self-managed development. The outer part of a self-managed development model always shows four external factors that an individual must take account of and involve himself in managing his or her own development. Number one is a business objective. The business objective is key to the whole process. You must have a good understanding of your organization strategy. Many people get into this whole space of saying they want to be promoted They want to make director. They want to retire as director, but they don't understand the organizational strategy. They don't have a sense of what the industry is speaking to. They don't know what the trends are in the industry. They're just sitting in one space. You must have a good understanding of your organization strategy and objectives. It will then help you to put your own learning and development needs into a context. So when you look at your industry, The industry currently is being data-driven. Why are you sitting and training yourself only on voice? You will begin to see a different perspective to it when you have an idea of where your organization is going. So number one, take it that business objectives are key to the whole process of you making a mark in your career, of you driving self-managed development as regards a legacy-driven life tilted to the career. Number two, there will always be learning relationships. This refers to all the people with whom you develop your learning relationships. I'm going to speak to that. You're going to hear me talk about the coach, mentor, role model type of relationships. I have people in my life today that I turn to, who are still mentors of mine, but at some point also in my career, they also served as coaches, and they are a boss. Some of them are peers, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm on a journey and they've been able to help me in my self-managed development. A tree can never make a forest. So never think that you are the best person for the job only, that only you can tell where you're going. That if you read all the books on Amazon, that they will give you where you're going. Or you watch all the videos on YouTube that have to do with your industry those cannot take you out that best they give you some form of information that will never practicalize it within a learning relationship grasp the third aspect of an external factor is a career objective this you should be well considered now i must tell you something that career objectives always change over time but for you to have some sort of career plan is very essential It will help you focus on the important aspects of your development. What do I mean? Many years ago, when I joined Cadbury, Nigeria, I said to members of my team that I was going to have a 90 day plan. And part of that 90 day plan, a very critical aspect was that I was going to meet every single member of my team. There were about 140 or 150 there about. And I was going to spend 90 minutes with every single person. And what I did was to release a note to everybody, for those that were not accessible by mail, I asked their line managers to print them out. And there were questions that I asked them before I embarked upon my journey to go around the entire country. And then we had people in almost all the states, but they were all crafted in a region format. And so I toured all the seven regions and I made sure that I saw every single person from driver to the highest ranking individual in the organization that served in the commercial team of Cadbury, Nigeria. I'm talking about between the years 2007 and 2010 when I was commercial director. I sat down and I wrote to every one of them and I said, I need you to tell me what your career path would be. And I drew it there. There were only two directions. Do you want to be a generalist or a specialist? Where do you see yourself in five years? I said, don't follow a title. I want you to paint a picture of the kind of role you visualize, what you will be doing in five years. And I want you to tell me how you want to get there in your mind's eye. So the conversation was very clear. Friends, I resumed on the 6th of September, 2007 as commercial director in Cadbury. By the grace of God, by November, the second week of November, I toured the entire country. I'd gone around the country and met every single member of my team. And I'd sat down at least 90 minutes with everybody. I now had a full dossier file because it was handwritten. And in most cases, in the questions I asked them, I said to all of them, and it was a general question. If you were in my shoes as commercial director today, what are three things that you are going to do differently to make the marketing and sales and operations function come alive in Cadbury, Nigeria? How would you turn around Cadbury, Nigeria? And many of them will tell me, down West, because you are the big boss. I said, no, you are my senior. Regardless of what it is, I've just joined this organization today. You've been here for three years. Some of you have been here for 10, some have been here for 15. You cannot measure and throw away 15 years away with just one person that is a day old or a month old or a few weeks old. Let's reason together. And together, we sat down there and then I had a clear picture of my entire organization. And so it was easy for me to now think about what type of development needs I would need to put together and what type of team I would need to help us. Friends, it wasn't as easy as you may imagine. In the process of this, this journey took me into several nights of traveling. It took me into several hours of going by road. It took me hours of sitting down in different cities just to be able to speak to everybody that w- worked within the comf- confines of the commercial function. Just to put it in perspective, commercial here had to do with the entire marketing team, the entire sales team, and also the operations team. Those groups of people, including our associates in other functions, HR, who were also working closely with our finance, they also had to join the party. I didn't get a script from anybody. Nobody told me to do it, but I needed to do it. And the next thing I did was to have an assessment done. But that was the point at which my colleagues began to fear. They said, oh, this Calabar man has come to suck us." With some people went into a tribal mood saying, you know what? They want to come and take out a certain tribe. And I wonder, why do we always think about things like that? You know, we, we have a problem in this country. But as a leader, my duty was to make sure that I saw them through and made them understand That I wasn't witch hunting, but I wanted the best. What I'm telling you, friends, it's going to be part of my next book that I'm already putting together to show you that a man that is destined to get to a place can never get lost because he's focused on the destination. Destiny and destination are intertwined. But if you do not have a sense of a self-managed development, you cannot get it done. Cut a long story short. We went through the assessment. After the assessment, I knew who needed to be where. Remember, I invested almost two, three months of my time touring the entire country. I could tell you who was where. I could also, at appraisal times, sit down, and I know what somebody is doing in Sokoto, in Beninkebi, in Yolia, in Uyo, in Port Harcourt. Added to management routines where I met with my team every quarter, every single individual in the sales force will present will go across the regions. Why? It was about development, friends. As I was developing, they were developing. Today, a lot of these gentlemen and ladies are captains in the various industries. But I'll tell you, it was not that easy to push them to go through a self-managed development. So I'm not telling you what I've not done. I'm not telling you what has not worked. I can go on and on, but suffice it today to say today, that by 2010, Cadbury was out of the doldrums and this team and the entire fulcrum of the teams in manufacturing, marketing, sales, and operations and quality brought back the company to life by the grace of God. So external factors sit down very critically to those who want to leave a legacy. A legacy-driven life starts from you, doves into your family, your career, your community, and your future. So I've just talked to you about the external factors. It's important for you to know the business objective, to understand learning relationships, to have career objectives, and to have learning activities. And that's what I just painted to you. The learning processes that I had to take my team through in order to develop their skills and knowledge. But my dear friends, it doesn't end there. There are personal factors. And when we return on the second half, I'll start the journey talking to you about personal factors. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Navigate with ID brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends, to Navigate with ID. It's such a pleasure to take on this series. If you're just joining us, I bid you welcome. We're looking at a self-managed development. Remember, we've been talking about a legacy-driven life, where I talked about a legacy-driven life being a function of you being the core actor or actress in the movie, in family, career, community, and your future. And so what we've been talking about in the last 30 minutes been a model for self-managed development. And so I started by painting a picture of what you may term as external factors that for you to make that straight push inroad road and a successful career, you needed to understand some external factors. And that had to do with the business objective, the learning relationships that you form, the career objectives that you have, and the learning activities that you must take as part of the process. And in doing that, I shared my experience, how I had the privilege of championing the turnaround of Cadbury, Nigeria, working with my colleagues in the team then. And we did an excellent job, to the glory of God. And we all came out alive, sitting well, and the company sitting pretty well between 2007 and 2010. And so I did segue into the next item, which had to do with personal factors. So this is where you've met us, and let us take it from here. When you talk about personal factors, there are three key elements which you as an individual must do in order to effectively get started on the process of a self-managed development. I had hinted this at the beginning, but I'll go more into some specific modes so that you can picture what I'm saying and be able to relate to it, not just sparingly, but then putting an action to it. Number one is self-analysis. What does self-analysis involve? It involves any process of examining your current range of strengths, weaknesses, skills, competencies, etc. You know, one of the things I've found is that career-minded people tend to talk about, about their strengths a bit, but they tend to focus a lot more on their weaknesses. Why? Because they feel they need to overcome those weaknesses. In some organizations, they tell you they are not weaknesses, that they are areas of development. But one thing they don't strive to do is to enhance their competencies. Because a competency, it's actually an exhibition of a trait that you have a certain skill. Very many people are competent. But because they are not confident in their skin or they lose the essence of who they are, maybe they have an overdomineering boss. And that boss of yours, when he or she is around, you can't speak. That boss tends to cow you. The boss deliberately does not want you to speak, so he doesn't want you to take his or her job from her or him. And so what they do is they bully you. And a lot of competent people are suffering today simply because they play mute. Oh, I don't want my boss to be upset. Because he's your boss, you just feel that your life is hitting that boss. No, your life has to be in Christ with God. You must come out confidently. But what makes you stand out is when you're able to give yourself some great analysis about your strengths. And I want to tell you, friends, don't allow anybody beat you up with your weaknesses. Sometimes you don't even know that when you focus a lot on your strengths, people never see those weaknesses. When you allow your strengths to be watered down by people, then you allow your weaknesses to be so obvious. I will tell you something, friends, focus on your strengths. Make sure you drill down and you make it so obvious that everyone around will know that this man, this woman has this capability. Take that strength to the bank and your weaknesses will flee. When the time comes, people will be ready to hold on to you and tell you, listen, I'm willing to support you. When you then have a complimentary type of relationship, your weaknesses will disappear. If you are not good in a certain aspect, but you have a buddy who is able to cover that track for you, it won't be seen. If you are humble enough to accept that you need help in an area, then you will work on it and people will be ready to assist you. But if you are arrogant and proud, and you think you are the best thing that happened since sliced bread, forget it. Nobody's going to touch you. You become a leper in your own colony, and nobody's going to touch you. And so I say to you, the first personal factor, that you must have in this process is to go through self-analysis. That self-analysis, you need to be honest with yourself. And if possible, if you get someone that can look you in the eye and tell you this is wrong, then such a person is a person you should go to. That should be your go-to person. Otherwise, if you go to some other person who wants to massage your ego, he or she can either drive fear into you or will make you stand up and take flight. Or can make you fight. Fight for what you know. A second part of that element in the process is reflection. Reflection involves you in reviewing, possibly with another person or a group of people, where you are now and where you want to get to. This is absolutely what we do very well at Corporate Shepherds. I have the privilege of being the executive coach and also the the partner that drives us. For us, it's a 3D approach. We talk about self-discovery. We talk about self-development. And we talk about deployment. This is a 3D approach we employ at Corporate Shepherds. And so we have a gamut of executive programs that we take on. And this executive coaching, because a lot of people do not understand what coaching means, many of them do not even know where to have conversations. But I'm asking you now, and if you're listening to me, if you have colleagues in your organization who are suffering, send them to corporate shepherds. Just go to the website, get a link, and send a mail, and then we'll be able to assist and support your organization. Perhaps you are an individual, you are an executive, you're struggling. You don't need to struggle. There'll be a time you and I can sit across the table. In some cases, it doesn't have to be me, it could be one of our faculty, but 75% of the time it's always about, it's always myself because I'm the, the one sitting in the middle of the pathway. And am able to walk, depending on what happens, I can say, oh, you need to meet X, Y, Z. But when you come and we sit down, I can help you sitting toe to toe to understand where you are now. And I can tell you where you should be going. Why? Based on what you tell me and what I see. And a lot of that has to do by the spirit of God and more importantly, by experience. You can't throw away three plus decades that I've gone through starting as a little boy, as a trainee, to being an executive and still growing. I'm still growing, I'm still learning, but the little I know, I can push to you. But reflection is a key part of the process. The third part of this process is action planning. Action planning is when you take all the analysis and the reflection, and you begin to make sense of it by deciding what you are going to do, how you intend to develop, and when you are going to do it. Friends, that's why I said to you, if you have a company, you're an HR manager, you're an HR director, you are a CEO, you are a CMO, whatever OC you are, we are presenting an opportunity for you to develop your people. All you need to do is contact us on Vamil. You can go on any platform that you have, Corporate Shepherds, We're on LinkedIn and across all the platforms. You can also send me a personal mail, contact at navigatewithid.com. We'll be able to support you. All we need is a brief because I see a lot of people are not paying attention to developing their people and then they expect results to come. It's not done. I just shared my own personal example, how God helped me to be able to work with a group of great minds to turn around Cadbury. It wasn't by my making alone, but I had to provide that leadership. I had to sit in the center stage to be able to pull them together and say, this is where you belong. Many of them today are generals, not in the supply chain area, generals in, in marketing, generals in sales, generals in commercial, and generals in general management too. A lot of these guys were my colleagues, but when I started the journey with them, many of them felt, oh, ID is too hard. I pushed them, but I knew they could do a lot more than they were doing. They were sub-optimizing themselves. And I said to them, no, this is the way to go. But today, I'm thankful to God that I did it. Because when the chips are down, I can look through and I say, wow, that person doing great exploits once upon a time was a protege of mine. That person doing great exploits in this company once upon a time was a member of my team. And I had the singular honor to be able to support their career growth. Friends, that's legacy They are my legacy. And one thing I say to them, wherever they are on the face of the planet and they invite me to come and speak to their teams, I make them a priority. One of such was Elijah. He invited me when he worked for PVM all the way to Yod. The schedule was not, he had a conference, commercial conference. He had entire board there and the entire team invited me to come speak to the team. And that day he was not comfortable. But I remember what I said to all of them, that the day you guys begin to sit on top of your mountains and become kings, whenever you call me, I'll be there because you are my legacy. You can't afford to, to fail. I'll always support you. It was just a phone call by Elijah. And when he called my manager, Esther, and said, I need to see your guy. I need your guy to come. It was not comfortable because I had a, a lot of things to do that day, but I had to fly to you where they had their conference. And there I met the entire team. And there, he was now saying to them right before my eyes that God used this man to convert me from being an ordinary sales manager to a business manager, to a business leader. Today, you guys are seeing me as a business leader, but that is the man that put me on that track. That is legacy, friends. And I'm telling you that you can make it happen for others and you can also make it happen for yourself. This part of the process is almost completely down to you the individual, but to a large extent, you need to involve others. That's why I'm saying to you, you can't go it alone. Indeed, the whole process of self-managed development cannot be done in isolation. As a minimum, you should involve others by developing learning relationships. That's why I'm telling you that we have what it takes to help you at Corporate Shepherds. It is our organization, and what do we do best? to help individuals, businesses, and organizations to attain higher levels of performance and productivity. For even greater effectiveness, friends, your organization can be involved by providing the needed resources. But why, why do they not do it? It's because many times, those at the helm of affairs are busy chasing rabbits when they don't even need to do so. What do I mean by chasing rabbits? Trust me when the economy is bad, when things are very bad, nobody ever thinks about training. The first budget that they slash is marketing. The next budget that they slash is training. The next budget that they slash and take off is T&E, travel and entertainment. Those are the three bucket items that are always slashed when things are not going well. How do I know? I know because I ran a business. I know because I was a CEO and I'm still one. I know what it was in corporate and how corporate treat. The first thing they'll take off they'll reduce the marketing budget. The next thing, they'll say no more training. The next thing they'll tell you, reduce travel and entertainment. If you're offline business class, they'll tell everybody, it must be on a need basis. And approval must come from the very top. The first few weeks, the overall boss will be signing and giving approval. After, you'll get tired. And then they'll drop you down to the next level. And after a while, they just forget and go back to normal. It's called the fury of the moment. Friends, have been there I've seen it, but what's important is for us to examine those aspects that I told you about, the external factors and the personal factors. When we drill in, you will begin to understand why I said to you that you must understand the business objective of your organization, your business unit, your department, your team. You can even use your team to help you put your self-managed development into context and so that you can prioritize your own self-development objectives. You must be selfish for once about yourself. You must then focus on the following areas, which will help you to determine what is important in terms of your business life. Number one, the overall purpose of your business. Number two, the environment in which your organization operates. Number three, the market in which your organization operates. Number four, the key business challenges facing your organization now and in the future. Number five, the long-term business objectives, say three to five year plans. And of course, the short-term business plans the next 12 months. You must decide whether to focus on the whole organization or a smaller subset, which will be more appropriate for yourself, self-managed development. And when we look at your career objectives, friends, obviously your career objectives will change over time and will be affected by many external factors. I'm saying to you that it's important, therefore, that you reflect on the past, the present, and future, and you must have a clear idea of how you got to where you are now and where you plan to get to. So number one, You need to review your education and how it has contributed to your career so far. Now, when I say education here, I'm not just talking about certification because a lot of you run towards getting an MBA in this, getting a master's in that. Yes, as great as all of that is, there's nothing as fantastic as being great on the job. Education also means that sometimes if you are going to the north and you know that you're traveling north, Sometimes you can take a detour to the east, pick up some skills here that will help you when you get to the north. Very many times, people are so linear in their approach that they forget that it's important that they do some things on the side that will help them. Give you an example. You want to become a general manager tomorrow. Being a general manager, all your focus is you're sitting because you are a great commercial person. And it will be important if you go this way to get some education By way of finance, if you step into a world of understanding finance, you will be better equipped or you can take a plunge into supply chain to understand the dynamics of supply chain. You could take an aspect of supply chain. You could take logistics, for example. Going to study logistics for a year, 18 months, taking some certification or going through some immersion there will ultimately pay off because, you know, when you get to the role of general manager or MD, nothing can be pulled over your eyes called wool. No, you will understand what finances can do. You will understand being a commercial person, how to convert profitability, And at the same time, you'll be looking for leverage called efficiency because you have a sense of logistics. So when I talk about education here, I'm not talking about going to get a second degree, a third degree. These days you must have that multifaceted mind to be able to mop up so much and learn so that you are a generalissimo. You're a generalist. You can hold your own everywhere. I'm not against specialists, but you know that every specialist must become so special that his game must be wanted. The day his game is refused, that day he ceases to be a specialist, especially when a specialist is a specialist in a commoditized place. So imagine someone telling you that he's a specialist in vulcanizing. Can you imagine being a special vulcanizer? But if he turns around and sits in a colony and says that he has specialized in making and threading used tires, that if you have your tires, I can help you rethread them and make them have a lifespan of at least 12 to 18 months. What would you say to such a person? You sure are a specialist. And if he does a great job, then you know that this man is on the job to be able to stay sustainably. But that doesn't take away that his core responsibility as a vulcanizer isn't there, but he's taking a side step to end up being a retreader at the same time also managing the tire or what you call tire management. Can I call it tire management? The vulcanizer can tell you he's a tire manager. You need to also reflect on your job the first the next and how it has affected your career path you need to question who or what has affected your career decisions friends i've seen people take some career decisions based on absolute i don't know what to call it but i i don't want to sound a bit too harsh but some career decisions are taken for very flimsy excuses oh They're not paying me enough. And you ask, how much do you want to be paid? If I only get maybe like 50 or 100K extra, I'll be happier. Who told you you'll be happier with 100,000? So you make cash, the extra item that makes you move, career. No, you can actually earn less and be more fulfilled. I'd rather have myself work in an organization where I am appreciated where the work and the value of my role is taken than go to a place where I'm just treated like a number. But people take career decisions based on several things. So I'm saying to you, you need to question who or what has affected your career decision. You need to find a way to create a descriptor, a descriptor that has to do with your career successes and career disappointments. If there were no constraints, i.e. family, geographical, qualifications, etc., you need to ask yourself what your dream job or your dream career would be. That's about moving into the space of destination. You need also to take account of present realities, my friend, by discussing and describing your current career objectives. When you do all of this, you now begin to push yourself into that other bucket that has to do with learning relationships. Remember I told you about learning relationships. It's about developing appropriate learning relationships that are vital to the success of your self-managed development, both from your individual and the organization's viewpoint. So from an individual's viewpoint, it may seem paradoxical But self-managed development cannot be done totally on your own. I said that over and over again. Most people develop a range of learning relationships with people who can challenge, who can help, who can support, and even inspire them. When I come to that stage, you'll see that that's why we talk about mentors. We talk about role models, we talk about coaches. That's what happens from an individual's viewpoint. So, but from the organization's viewpoint, the organization's responsibility for learning relationships involves encouraging and enabling. All they need to do is to ensure that self-managed development is regarded as a legitimate organizational process and seen as part of an effective human resource strategy. But the truth is, Many organizations don't do it. They don't recognize self-managed development. What do I mean by they don't recognize it? If some people go to tell their bosses that I want to go on a a course for two weeks, uh, the boss will tell you there's so much work here. Why would you go for a training? Why would you decide? I I want to take my annual vacation. I want to take two weeks out of my annual vacation. Why? Because I want to go study X, Y, Z. Some bosses will tell you no, not approved. There's so much around here and you want to jump off to go on a course. It's After all, it's not even the company that is training you. What has that got to do with your work? This has angered and touched so many. If you're listening to me, you'll probably understand what I'm saying. But guess what? I'm not that kind of manager. I'll be so happy when I see my colleagues come to me and say, sir, I'd like to take two weeks off I've seen a particular course I'd like to go for outside of the country, within the country, within the space. I'll need your permission to approve it. And I'll say, you can go right ahead. Many times they come to me, sir. I don't know how my manager will take it. I'll say to them, go tell your manager. Your line manager will definitely approve. And just go ahead because I want you to grow. I want you to develop. Self-managed development is so good. Everyone needs a learning relationship. So, But an organization that is not an encourager or an enabler will not provide the necessary support. So if you're working in an organization where you are not being encouraged or enabled to go through your own self-managed development, then you need to think twice about that organization. But if you work for an organization that has an encourager and enabler attitude, they will provide some of the following things, and this is how you know. Number one, they will provide overt support for any self-managed development program. Number two, training and education for appropriate people, senior managers, line managers, to ensure that they are very clear about their role and responsibilities. Number three, when they provide a range of learning materials and resources, when they give them to you, then you know that organization really believes in self-managed development. But if they don't, then it means that they don't believe in development. Friends, we'll be back on Thursday as we'll continue on this trajectory. I will be looking at learning relationships. I'll start from there and we'll take this journey on because I believe that for you to live a legacy-filled life, especially when it comes to you and your career, there is self- managed development programs you must put in place. I hope you've enjoyed this so far. If you do have any questions, please send an email to contact at navigatewithid.com. My social media handle is at I-D-Y E-N-A-N-G. Look forward to hearing or reading from you. Goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.